Do you guys use Android or iPhone? iPhone. 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 <laughs> future, future Google Pixel Fold. Uh, <laughs> It's so funny. All three of us are using iPhones and uh, the entire ecosystem of Apple and we are planning to talk about Google I.O. <laughs> But after watching the, uh, some of the things in uh, Google I.O. conference, I want to switch to Google <laughs> sometime. I'm a fanboy, Apple fanboy. I'm not going to shift, shift into any of Google phones or anything, but I'll keep using Google search, Chrome and Gmail and all of that stuff. Awesome. Welcome back, boys. So, we are talking about Google I.O. today. I, at least I was super excited seeing a bunch of videos that have been roaming here on the internet. And... staying staying in bayria and super close to the uh, google headquarters right i i wish i was there in the place too but yeah sometime sometime in the future we'll also get that invite as everything product team yeah cool what do you guys want to start with i think one of the biggest ones that we have seen is google pixel fold right so maybe you want to start with that yeah that was one of the striking things that i find uh, found in um, the google io conference i felt uh, the foldable phone that they came up with it has like multiple options you can convert into a tablet you can convert into a phone you can basically do basically they have in uh, integrated uh, and put a lot of ai into that so and it's a large screen 7.6 inch i think um so and i really like the experience and also how you can do multitasking at the same time within the phone you can do messaging you can basically send emails at the same time watch video on the left screen so and it i was also in that i also learned that it was a pretty durable foldable phone compared to anyone anything in the market uh, i know samsung also has a similar phone but google markets that as one of the most durable and the foldable phone overall i was really amazed with that innovation and the price point i think they kept it at uh, 1799 which is not i know it's little slightly expensive than any probably any of the apple phones but i think it's pretty close to the samsung foldable phone uh, which probably gives a good competitive advantage and another thing which i have also found that they are only accepting pre orders now and they are also giving an google for I mean, watch as well the pixel watch for free for limited period of time if you place a pre order so which is a big good deal i feel i'll i'll, I'll be honest right in google io or any io honestly or any of the big conference they'll tell the same thing they said dude we are taking pre orders <laughs> and this is the best one this is the best one compared to all the others but i agree uh, price point is very similar to what they're doing with samsung even phone wise at least the way i saw it is exactly exact replica of what samsung has done in the last uh, year or so yeah, i i feel that that's a lot of screen right so there's like three screens in one phone so <laughs> that's a lot to me so yeah i think um, uh, samsung has initially started these foldable phones and then Microsoft released their own ones, and now Google is kind of following the suit uh, of uh, doing this. But I feel that you know there is a separate fan base or a, a user base who might be using these phones, but the regular individual this wouldn't be a regular go-to phone 
for a lot of people, I assume, right? Because yeah, there could be people who are like multitasking, as Destrina was saying, and maybe this phone would be something which would actually help them uh, just have a phone uh, instead of having a laptop and a phone or something like that, right? Similarly, where they do a lot of things and they also travel and kind of things. But I think this also um, opens up a new uh, avenue for Google, right? So Google initially was a search engine and then it started moving into more of hardware, right? They launched their Chromebook, they launched their flagship phone, and then they have their earbuds. Now they're also experimenting with different kinds of phones. That actually adds Google as a competitor to all the existing brands, right? Apple and Samsung as of now. And now uh, Google is, uh, has also joined the race of all of these things, right? So yeah, that, that's an interesting space to be at, I'd say. But uh, I would say it's still new. So the phones will get better and better. But still, that's a very, very small segment of people who will be using those phones, I'd say. Yeah, it's One only thing... the premium segment, right? Because it's it's only the people who want to spend money on tech. And they, do, they don't really care about uh, um, how, how good the phone is, how reliable or stable the phone is. It's just like, hey, Google released it. I'm just going to try it out. What is your favorite thing from the latest Google I.O. announcements? Let us know in the comment section. One big use case which I want to add here is like a parents like me who have kids. I'm sure you guys will realize in future is if I open the phone, if I'm playing a Cocoa Melon video to my daughter, I can't do anything else in the phone. Literally, I have to make it so big and it makes it entirely my phone is dedicated for her Cocoa Melon. Versus when I something gets like something like this, I probably will be able to play half screen of Cocomelon and half screen I can do some of the work. You wish, Srinath, you wish. <laughs> now the entire screen will go to Cocomelon now. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Well, the bigger the better, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep, yep. But yeah, I'm I'm super glad that they did it because... At the end of the day, it's always a race. You are a tech company. You are trying to compete with like Samsungs and Apples of the world. But Apple always has this philosophy, right? They always come late into the market, but the product will be exceptional compared to all the other companies. But Google is not like that. Google has to compete with everyone else and they have to show that they are in cutting edge of the technology. So in order for them to prove that, they have to do this. So that's why that's that's the reason I think they have to do it and they did it. Yep. And that's the same thing that's happening with AI as well, right? If Apple comes and says after four years also that I have an AI um, LLM, people will still be fine. If Google doesn't say that now, people will be like, dude, what the hell is going on? (laughs) It'll be interesting to see how Apple will actually do the comeback, right? Maybe that's something which, you know, everybody's like excited about. The The next one that was very interesting for me was the Magic Editor. And all of us use the Google Photos, right? And I use a lot of other tools as well to edit and edit and stuff. And when Sundar was going through the presentation, he ta- showed a kid who was holding some balloons and the balloons were cutting the picture. He was like, you can easily move the bench, the kid and the balloons and it'll automatically fill with the additional things that's needed. It's like, dude, this is amazing because one of the biggest things of AI is image generation and they were accomplishing that with Google Photos. What do you, What did you guys think about that? Yeah, it's impressive. I think Google has been using AI for a lot of years, right? With 
in in all of its products right but uh, now it's it's stepping its game right <laughs> where we have seen like ai 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 in every every you know moment of the presentation talking about ai and all of that stuff but yeah this is cool right anybody who's want who wants to take images and enhance uh, how they look and all of that stuff so this kind of a very easy tool to do that stuff yeah siddu said i was also uh, amazed by the uh, that magic editor feature i mean for instance i myself uh, when i go to trips when i'm especially when we go to touristy places i mean there's so much crowd sometimes you may not get the picture like you wanted but with this i feel like oh okay i can click better pictures i can satisfy my wife especially with the photos i mean which i all which she, which she always says that i disappoint her with photos <laughs> No, but the funny part um, was Google One. Um, I they didn't talk about Google One at all. But the way I think about all of these features are additional revenue-making businesses for Google because at the end of the day, even now there's a feature called Magic Eraser. The way they're trying to attract the customers to use that is get a subscription, pay for Google One, you'll get these features. I'm sure they'll come with additional premium packages for Google One. and then add all of these additional things like the magic editor and stuff so that people will continue to pay so this editor is that free uh, or is it a subscription i don't think they told you? anything in the io but i am no. sure they'll include it in one of the premium packages that comes under <laughs> uh, google in my guess yeah maybe maybe if they would would offer this in inside the google uh, photos app right maybe i'll get the subscription because i wouldn't want to change my phone but i would want to Uh, have that feature in editing my photos yeah yeah that's what i'm hoping to because it it would make sense for them to like extend to all google photos um, apps not just android yep yep yeah cool actually let's do a natural switch to this one right google workspace i i think mm-hmm. the best uh, thing for me in google io was uh, extending their ai into google workspace because that's the mo- that's one of the most used things from a google standpoint right be it google docs google sheets google slides um everything we use it on a daily basis and having that natural extension of ai would be awesome because now if i go to bard and type something instead of going to bard while writing a document i can do that that's awesome i mean i know it's the simplistic feature that they built but that's the best one for me in the google io what what do you guys think Yeah, I mean, I found it to be pretty uh, insightful, and uh, I mean, in my uh, previous company, we used Google Suite. Uh, so that I mean, I think uh, especially when you're collaborating with so many folks, and when you are so much into this Google Docs and Google Sheets, this really will be helpful. And I feel like I can do it way faster than I was, uh, honestly, uh, when I was go using Google Suite. So I think this will be probably a game changer for uh, Google. to expand their market share increase sorry increase their market share expand their footprint uh, against the microsoft uh, the office yeah what do you think uh, so yeah so i have couple of thoughts here so uh, so when we look at microsoft uh, office suite right it's more like um, uh, you have outlook word excel powerpoint and all of that stuff i was thinking like where do i use it most of these things i just use that word but when we when it comes to google right it's Uh, Google search uh, in the office world, it's more like uh, Gmail, Google Drive, Docs, Sheets, slides, and all. For all of my personal work, I use Google's stuff. Right, it's more easy, accessible. I can open it in any device and all of that stuff. So I'd say uh, 
this is there's a clear demarcation right where there is uh, products that are more towards uh, used in office space and products that are more used towards in uh, personal space right so uh, i feel that um, google adding the uh, ai assistant it's called duet or something right duet ai mm-hmm. adding it basically helps duet retain all of its users right so you know previously when microsoft introduced all of these things uh, you know people were like okay yeah this is a cool killer feature and all of that stuff even though google bard is not as good as good as chat gpt i feel that adding this basically would help them retain their market right and uh, i wouldn't just shift to a different ecosystem for these these features right? so you know i think this will basically help them retain their market and also maybe one, once they have more and more enhancements they would uh, uh, kind of uh, acquire more customers as they go for me so that's my actually, take for me yeah. it is actually both do because i use google both at work and for my personal stuff so that way it's awesome even i mean especially for product managers right we live and breathe docs sheets and uh, slides and if i can generate images automatically on slides with just few words which exactly caters to the content that i'm publishing or if i can give a spreadsheet and then it can automatically give me some insights especially from google those are awesome hope you are liking this video don't forget to like share and subscribe to our channel another thing funny somehow i it's it's difficult for me to demarcate this personal and office space right because when i have uh, microsoft apps right all of that is basically linked to one account and um, i'm not able to co- copy information outside my work email into either other docs and all of that stuff but the google ecosystem help uh, uh, you know Uh, there are no restrictions of that sort so it helps me do all of those things right copy here move information here and there and all of that stuff so it's 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 that thin line where microsoft have to also manage organizational data and also you know because people also use a lot of work stuff in their personal phones right and somehow uh, uh, cater towards this uh, users who use it for personal use so yeah i feel that uh, that's there's a distinction there yeah and it mainly helps like like you said right it mainly helps in keeping customers within their google workspace because yeah. if someone is at an edge like when they're trying to decide if they want to google go with google workspace or microsoft this will be a differentiating factor i'm sure people will be like dude there is an ai integration there why would i want go to google they're just trying to make sure those customers don't go away just because of these features yeah, yeah. So cool at least this 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 piece was like a uh you know very uh, uh big answer back to microsoft let's saying that you know we are also integrating all of this stuff so yeah our users stay back <laughs> and watch out yeah let's switch to maps i was i was very impressed when um sundar was talking about maps right uh, where he was he, he was basically telling that okay you're mapping to something and then you don't know what uh, route to take and imagine a situation where you can get an immersive view of everything that goes through that route that visual was amazing because now i can clearly see how the route it look like is it going through internal roads is it going through especially when you're going on a long trip right if you can figure out roads that are like more scenic or if you can figure out routes that are like 
right next to water right next to hills those could be very interesting for you to drive so this could help a lot in terms of trip planning or uh, just the driving experience in general what do you guys think yeah same i mean i i am myself like especially when i'm going on trips i spend at least uh, the day before uh, a lot of time on kind of figuring out all this to be honest what you were referring to like which is the most scenic road probably probably can i drive through ocean okay if i'm driving through ocean what would that experience look like sometimes on the maps it may look like oh you may see water but real in reality there may be some so many other blockers that you will not be able to see so i try to figure that out i mean I, at least i spend like 2 3 hours the day before figuring it out but this makes it so easy to figure out and find out the best route actually i'll i'll add one more thing right so especially as pms why why do you why, they didn't have to do that they they have like huge market share in terms of maps why did they have to like add these additional things at least what i feel like is in the last few years they have been losing that competitive edge with apple maps i don't know if you guys used apple maps or not it's very nice at least the way they think about guiding the customers was super helpful it was like take a I, i don't know simple things that they do in apple maps was really intuitive than google maps so i think they're trying to like bring some of these features so that they see they get that competitive advantage uh, advantage once again over the um other alternatives right now cool um let's switch to the next one um let's go to the basics right google as a platform is primarily based for search and now there is a bard integration um i don't know what are they called they call yeah, are they calling that uh, snapchat uh, sorry snapchat yeah, yeah. they they're calling it as snapshots what do you, what do you guys think about that it's an interesting um, uh, product right so uh, i was basically thinking about it like how did search started so search was basically uh, google uh, ranking all the different pages based on bank links and all backlinks and all of that stuff and uh, help people find information right so that's how google started and disrupted all the pre- previous search engines and that's their core bread and butter and core product right now microsoft comes in saying hey um, the regular search just caters to 50% of the people who do search and uh, it's not a really efficient way of doing it google was good at it but not now now we are integrating um, uh, chat gpt into uh, bing and edge where um, uh, when you divide the whole search traffic right it's it's divided into more like um, um, informational uh, navigational and everything other right everything other is more complex queries and all of that stuff so uh, microsoft came in and say uh, say that uh, saying that uh, the informational piece is good but not that great now uh, if you imagine right like you you are searching for uh, finding a sofa in your uh, uh, apartment or a house right you get list of options but that's not customized to your taste your price and all of that stuff so that's the more complex uh, stuff so uh, microsoft basically is saying that okay the fifth other 50% of the search queries could be answered by this uh, chatbot and that's a difficult situation to be at for google right because google has a product which is its core product and now uh, its competitor created a product which is better and which is basically cannibalizing google's product right so that's an interesting space to be at in google space now google saying yeah we'll maybe come back with 
a better version of it and we'll integrate all of this to google search and we will call it google snapshot that's a really uh, you know i would say uh, interesting move from google side because that will actually cannibalize and their market but also open new avenues right where they can integrate ads into the search so i, I felt that this was uh, a interesting approach which they took where I, I because you know google has far more data than microsoft and google has far more apps which people use right they have google shopping they have maps and all of these things so they could also integrate these things into the chatbots which they have so overall yeah i think this is the right space for google to be at and it's a good reply back to microsoft strategy of integrating uh, chat gpt yeah you know i mean i think i mean i think i mean the power the power for google is data i mean they have been do collecting the data since a long time and probably i mean adding this uh, i mean additional feature on top of their search probably i mean the, the way to go forward and i really liked especially how you don't need to worry about the follow up questions you don't need to worry about the what are the different questions i can ask uh, whenever you, whenever you start in doing uh, research right for ex- example and user experience designer or user uh, research guy when they do the research they have to write a ton of questions to identify the right pain point and figure out the pain points and all that stuff and that use case i think this makes it so easy that whenever you type your first question it will tell you the follow up prompts what are the different questions you can ask to make sure your research is so comprehensive i think as a pm or as user experience designer or research guy uh, this is going to be a very handy tool uh, out there to do any uh, competitive analysis or market research uh, when you are launching probably uh, products in new marketplaces and all that stuff so i was really amazed with that feature as well it was extensive and one of the striking things which i also found that you can easily export it um, so as a product guy yeah. i think uh, you will probably need all that yeah so w- one other comment i have is um uh, so i think google has to do it in a very careful way because they have a very big user base right M- more than 3 billion users use their product so you know doing something uh, uh that is like half baked would basically hurt all of their reputation or you know the user base which they cater towards right so i think they have taken a strategic step towards the right direction even though it's little uh uh you know late in the game uh, i think that's the right strategy which they've, they've taken so overall let's look at the search industry okay so when we look at the search industry i, I was just googling it as we talked through so if you see this uh, market share data right i mean obviously it's going for like um, way longer period but if you think of like google's market share for search again this is specifically talking about desktop maybe we can look at mobile too but google's market share has reduced a little bit probably like 85 i mean it was at 80 89 and it's now at like 85% but if you think of bing it has been like gradually increasing like it's at what 8% uh, right now i mean it was at 9 i think probably when uh, um they were just launching and stuff but still they continue to stay at the same percentage so all google is trying to do is not lose more market share because of the additional launches that they are doing rather keep their current customers into the same search 
I don't know. I if yeah. Bard is integrated with uh, Google and if they are able to give similar functionality, I would never switch to Bing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. F- similar, right? Even 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 lesser, right? If it's like at least eighty percent up to the mark, I would still use Google. I wouldn't use uh, uh, any other search engine. Somehow, but can't get, I'm, get I'm actually. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I've been using Edge for last one month, you know, for the chatbot and all of that stuff, but. it's still not that easy to navigate for me i i'm i'm not saying that the design is not innovative but i'm so used to chrome that i have to basically think through when i use a new browser right and go through google search even the color fonts are little different when when you do a google search the search results might be same when you do it the same thing in bing but the color fonts are different that's also kind of little uneasy for me because we are <laughs> so used to uh, chrome that is yeah and so also also in the space i i feel that there is a lot of things that change right preliminarily the way people look at data would change fundamentally so i feel that uh, imagine previously uh, there were blogs and websites who used to write information and they used to do seo to rank in the google search engine now the user is not searching for keywords but he is actually asking a question to a bot which actually displays the information for him right imagine how the seo world would change the page ranking would change and also people writing blogs and newsletters how their views would change right so that's all something which uh, i think would take do uh, there would be a disruption in all of these areas i'd say Yeah, yeah last time we were talking about it right the monetization part of it because google might not take a hit in terms of monetization the people who take a hit in terms of monetization are the actual websites who are giving that information but one good thing compared to chat gpt or bing that uh, bard or the snapshot is doing really good is once they give the result they're giving some additional resources like you can look at this video you can look at this article so that way at least they are trying to make sure the customers will still continue to come create content uh, and they are also trying to make sure to push that content so that the people are more encouraged about that yeah i, I love yeah. the way how google actually integrated it right so when you look at bing if i do a search for a bike bicycle it gives me a list of things and maybe a couple of uh, places where i can buy that bicycle but google gives a summary gives all the list of things that fall in that range using google shopping and also they have a ad space on top where they are advertising for that uh, specific bicycle right so they are actually trying to also uh, have that revenue generation piece into the uh, uh, the snapshot itself so I, i love the way which they were doing it i think this this was the one which we were talking right how would uh, because how would uh, how will google make money through google search when people look at more ads uh, that advertisers pay uh, google ads uh, ad revenue and all of that stuff right now people are spending less time searching for information how would they raise money but now including this in ads into the experience would uh, would be a good path towards that right that's true but i i don't know i was never a fan of that google shopping and they keep presenting that in every google io in with one thing or the other <laughs> but i think they should be using other things as well to promote i don't know i was never a big fan of that google shopping yeah cool um what what else do we have um i think i think there was a topic around responsible ai as well oh yeah i even i love that because 
uh, I, I don't know, Sidhu, if you remember or not, last time when we spoke about it, right? One of the big things is actually identifying whether it's a AI-generated image or not. <laughs> I like that analogy that Sundar gave it. I think he was talking to Mr. Who is the boss and he mentioned this one. He's like, when guests come to your house, your house will be like super clean, but that's not the actual reality. So the same thing applies here as well, right? There's a bunch of images on the web, which could be AI fake, but we should do things as much as possible to make it clear for the customer. So they're giving some additional information on when an image like this was first identified. So if it is identified something last year, and if you're talking about like moon landing, which basically means this could be a fake. And they're also trying to put some principles on like, how do we tell that is an AI generated image? So that's good. Yeah. yeah, I think even in last last podcast we discussed this funny. So you are thinking of having a marker or something, and it looks like Google is adding metadata to that image to know if it's AI generated or not. So we are actually creating solutions for them. <laughs> <laughs> all yeah, morphers, actually, all morphers out there. I think it's a big <laughs> challenge for them going forward after this feature is launched. Yeah, I, I like that thought, right? Because when we were discussing, we were only talking about a watermark. Uh, they might be doing a watermark in the back, but I think the better way to do it is through metadata. Because when for people sure, search yeah. for it, they might be ranking the AI images lower than the original images and stuff. So that way they'll be they'll be eliminating some of this uh, clunk that is being created. Definitely. Yep. Um, actually, I want to talk quickly about this one as well, right? Um, their uh, Starline. So I've seen this video. Um, I, I don't think they spoke about this in the Google I.O. But this is their uh, immersive metaverse. So imagine two people sitting in like, uh, let's say, you're in Seattle and I'm here in Bay Area. If we both are talking right now, it's a video. So all I see about you is a two-dimensional picture of a person. Uh, but imagine a view where I can get a three-dimensional view of how you're looking, how about things that you're doing, how you're moving your hands, etc. It will give a much more Im immersive experience for a meeting. So they released one version of that, but it's very involved. What I mean by that is they have a huge setup for both the people. It, it's almost like you're sitting in a cubicle uh, with a bunch of cameras in the front of you, which is taking different angles of you and then projecting the same thing for the opposite person. That was also very interesting because... I know metaverse is not a, not at all a buzzword right now, but um, continuing to work on that and making that happen is super helpful, especially in the in the world we are living in right now. Metaverse is is a thing. It was a thing before. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think uh, yeah, AI has been the latest buzz buzz right and the biggest bubble as of now. So let's see how how things move on from there. Yeah, especially in all this remote world, uh, I'm sure. That's going to bring some uh, good engagement, collaboration and all that stuff. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for sharing all of your thoughts, guys. For everyone who is watching, don't forget to subscribe to our channel. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys. Okay. Please subscribe.